Hey, what's up? This is a 20% podcast with John and Janae. And this podcast is brought to you by NOAA's Diversity and Professional Advancement Working Group. Yep, and basically what we're going to do, we're trying to create community, build relationships, and just share common experiences amongst NOAA's 20%. We'll also engage in narratives that provide exposure to NOAA's diversity and inclusion vision and back to strategic goals set forth by NOAA's Diversity and Professional Advancement Working Group. Yep, so we're going to have a lot of hot topics, you know, we're going to have a lot of great discussions, so yeah, just... Stick with us and just find out what we're going to, you know, talk about in the next few minutes. Listen up. Listen clear. Yep. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 20% podcast featuring myself, Janae, and my co-host, Mr. John Moore. Um, today, we have a special, special guest, a guest who has been highly requested by our previous interviewees, um, the one and only Miss. Dr. Jamise Sims, round of applause. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Dr. Sims, for joining us today for this podcast. Um, we do appreciate taking out the time of your day uh, for coming on here and sharing your story and just sharing a little bit about yourself and your journey. Um, John, you got anything you want to add in? Yeah, pretty much the same. You know, Janae and I have been looking up to you since, you know, we've known about you. You've been, you know, a guide, yeah. a mentor for both of us. And, you know, as far as, you know, being Jackson State alum, you're like the, you're the creme de la creme. You are our, <laughs> right. you're our guidance. You're our, our uh, inspiration. Yeah. You know, seeing what all you do, you know, at such a young age and, you know, what you able, what you've been able to accomplish and, you know, your story, you, we really look up to you and we have, we're happy we have the privilege to interview you today. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Um, it's certainly a pleasure to talk with both of you. Um, you know, I've been watching you all grow, like you said, and it's just been amazing. Um, I'm inspired just watching you all and, and seeing the things um, that you're doing and the things that I know you're going to do. Um, so it's certainly a pleasure to to talk with you all today. Um like I said, you guys are trying to make me cry, and I'm not very emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I know you just said that. I'm, I'm over here smiling now, like, ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so um, we usually start off, um, you know, by just getting a little bit of background uh, information. So if you will, please tell us how a girl from Meridian, Mississippi, down south, became Dr. Jamie Sims. All right. So, well, first of all, I have to give a shout out, of course, to Jackson State because all three of us are JSU alums. The um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but also, Janae, you know, um, I was I was born in Gary, Indiana. That's right. So, uh, when I was four years old, my parents decided to um, move to Mississippi. They were from Mississippi. You know, that's where they grew up in Meridian. Yep. And so um, we moved there and, you know, there's so much, I think, that went into the way my sister and I were raised. We had not only strong parents and grandparents, but we had a very strong village around us um, that that really shaped and molded us into, you know, the, the women that we are today um, in Meridian. A lot of, well, first of all, my mother uh, was a teacher. She was a seventh grade math teacher. And so we were surrounded by educators. You know, many of the 
people in our church were educators. Um, and so education was just really and truly uh, instilled in us. My grandparents were not, they, they didn't have the opportunity to even graduate from high school. Um, yeah. that my, my grandfather, I think he probably had about a second grade level education, so he couldn't even read. My wow. grandmother had probably about a sixth grade level education. Sure. But if you saw them and talked with them, you could see just how intelligent, you know, they were, the things that they were able to do for their family, sent three out of four of their children to college, you know, um, my grandfather used to tell us, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly bear, you know, <laughs> go for it, go for it. Um, and so, you know, just, just growing up around their wisdom and those strong family values um, that, that my parents and, and my aunts and, you know, my aunts and uncles, all of them um, had an impact on us. But just getting back to it, um, I, I always loved math and science. And I was always the one, even in the house, that would be called up on to fix things, right? <laughs> and so I, I was never brave enough to do it, but I used to want to take the television apart just to <laughs> figure out, you know, <laughs> what was going on in it. And so a lot of times now, even though I'm definitely a scientist, you know, I, I also have an engineering brain. Mm -hmm. But um, I knew early on that I loved math and science. And when I was in high school, I said that I wanted, you know, I, I thought I wanted to be a neurosurgeon because I love learning about, um, you know, different things associated with health. And I really wanted to do surgery. But I was afraid that, you know, I would, I would have a patient who would die, you know, on, on my hands. And so I couldn't get past that. And, and I know now, you know, this kind of goes back to representation. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I didn't know any neurosurgeons and I definitely yeah. know of, of any black ones that I could actually go and talk to and learn, you know, about, um, you know, how, how things work in their training and all of that. Um, but then, then I just said, okay, well maybe I'll focus on math when I go to college. Right. So when I applied to Jackson state, I was actually, um, an accounting major my freshman year. And so it was, and, and, and I've told this time and time again, and I don't know where uh, Ms. Brookins is now, but she is the reason that I became a meteorologist. Um, my, I, I always had interest in weather because my grandmother, you know, you all may hear people say, well, it's getting ready to run. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Everything cut off. <laughs> yes. The arthritis is, is acting up, you know, so she <laughs> predicted work like that. And then my mother, um, when there would be tornadoes in the area, because the interesting thing is that even though we would experience um, tornadoes in the county, it was very rare for the city of Meridian to actually be, you know, directly impacted by the storms. And so um, when the storms would happen, my mother would take us, um, she would go driving around and we would review, you know, take a look at the storm damage. Wow. Um, and so, you know, planting those little seeds, you know, as, as I was growing up actually had an impact on, you know, what ultimately became my career. And yeah. so when I was in uh, my college algebra class, Ms. Brookins, she asked me, you know, what was my major? And I told her accounting. And this was probably about mid-semester. 
And so she said, no, mm -mm, that's not what you need to be doing. She said, you need to go across the hall, talk to the physics department or the chemistry department. You are a scientist. You think like a scientist. You respond like a scientist. And accounting is just not it for you. And I was like, really? You know? And so at this point, I'm like, I'm not changing my major. That means I have to be in school much longer. Mm -hmm. um, so, but she kept pushing it. And I kept thinking to myself, She's right, though. I, I'm not really interested in accounting like I should be. But when mm -hmm. we talk about science, you know, I light up. So I eventually went and talked to Dr. Ghosh, um, who was the uh, department head of the physics department at that time. And that's where I learned Jackson State had a meteorology program. The best kept secret because, yep, yep. Yep. you know, even as a student, I didn't hear about it at the mm -hmm. time. Um, so once he told me they had a meteorology program, I became fascinated. And so it was from there that he introduced me to uh, Dr. Reddy and the story goes on from there. Um, <laughs> but what I can say is that the, the richness of the meteorology program at Jackson State is something to be recognized and um, it, it's something to be modeled after. Yeah. When I was a student there, um, even though the program was, was very small, we had professors who really took the time to prepare us, um, you know, for the workforce. I was more so focused on research meteorology. So that meant Dr. Reddy made sure that I was doing computer programming, working on um, models and understanding the foundation, working with students from computer science, you know, um, I provided the meteorology, they prov provided the computer skills we learned from each other, and we were able to do research. And, and that led to making sure that we went into summer internship programs, which gave us that hands-on experience. Um, and that's how I got into NOAA, because my first summer intern um, with the undergraduate scholarship program was in the Weather Service Environmental Modeling Center. Um, and, and my project was... Uh, working on a genetic algorithm that parameterized the Gulf Stream finger. At that time, I had only taken Fortran. <laughs> but because of other skills, you know, that I had developed, I was able to, you know, quickly do some research, understand what a genetic algorithm was, which was like, okay, wow, really? People are doing this, you know, to, to get to some weather impacts and things like that. So, um that was the that was the internship that actually, um, you know, I think wanted them to mentor me, continue to mentor me and bring me into the agency. Um, so so that's how I started there. But then that circled back to what I'm doing now with artificial intelligence. And so, you know, throughout the years, um, there have certainly been challenges um, being, you know, going through the Ph.D. program. Um, at Howard was also uh, very impactful for me because I think it was at Howard when I actually realized that I had to study. Not that Jackson State was easy at all, but um, you know, going through getting a PhD, you develop mm -hmm. skills that that take you much deeper um, than than anything else that you've done up to that point. And so um, that that was also a very strong strong uh, part of my life that that shaped and molded me because not only was I you know going through academic um, 
uh, well, I won't say challenges, but, you know, skill, learning different skills and things like that. But that was my first time being that far away of home, away from home for that long period of time, you know, becoming an adult yeah. um, during the time I was getting a PhD. And so um, that was that was a lot, but it was strength building. And, and I'm so thankful for for all that I experienced um, during that time. And, you know, being a black female in in our um, career, you know, in the STEM fields period, mm-hmm. um, being a black female, being someone from the South, um, you know, you come in and so many people have different stereotypes, right? Mm-hmm. About you. And you're feeling the pressure because you may hear little things here and there. And then it's like, yeah, I don't have anybody in here that looks like me. Nobody is my age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what What am I doing? Um, so having to overcome that and still be successful in the job, I think it's, um, it, it's, it's so much that we have to go through that not everybody understands, um, you know, and, and we push through it. And, and continue on. So um, I don't know if I fully answered your question. <laughs> you, you fully answered it. You did, you did, you <laughs> did, you did. And that was good. And I could definitely attest to, you know, having a strong foundation with your grandparents because that's one of my main reasons why I got into weather too. You know, my mother, she had me when I was, uh, when she was really young. So my grandparents, you know, they helped raise me for most of my childhood. And just watching the evening news, even the morning news, watching the weather, you know, just like how you said, the old folks, they be knowing when that weather coming. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely, uh, you know, sitting there watching, waiting for something to happen too. So, yeah, I definitely um, can attest to that. And I can attest to, you know, growing up in Mississippi the way that you did and having that strong family background. A lot of people think of Mississippi and they think, you know, we're running from you know, racism Play, all the time and running right. from the class, but they don't see the, they don't see, you know, the strong family ties and family bonds that, you know, we forged out here that go through generations and to be able to tap in the type of tight-knit communities that we have for ourselves mm-hmm. down here and how supportive mm-hmm. they are. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, okay. uh, say shout out to, to that teacher you had, Miss, what you say her name was, Miss Brookin. Yes, Miss Brooklyn. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that's what I feel like. That's what a true teacher is. She was able to see, you know, your abilities and she's like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, you don't need to be over here. You need to be over there. And we thank her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's the benefit of Jackson State as well. I remember like yep. coming in as a freshman, like coming to my freshman orientation. I met a man. I don't know. Still don't know who he was who worked for Jackson State. And I was still, you know, on the fence about coming to Jackson State. And he pulled me to the side and told me, hey, you gonna study meteorology there's no better place for you to go than jack and state you're gonna come here mm-hmm. and when you graduate you're gonna work for noah because <laughs> they're gonna mm-hmm. come recruit you and man yep. i still don't know who that guy was <laughs> i'm glad he pulled me to the side and told me that because i wouldn't rather be at no other place and the resourcefulness he talked about the resourcefulness that you learned being at jackson state and how mm-hmm. they carried over into your career so yeah we definitely mm-hmm. relate on all those aspects yeah, and, and just getting back to the family, um, you know, my mom and two of her siblings uh, are graduates of Jackson State as well. Awesome. All and right. Yeah, that, that was another part of it. We, My church would bring us to games and, you know, we come over to the homecoming and um, what was the, the, the Capital City Classic, we used to call it the Soul Bowl. Yeah. You know, yep. so, 
so all of, like I said, all of those bits and pieces um, and the organizations that, that we were uh, in growing up as well, all of that has, has shaped us and had an impact. Definitely. Definitely. I wouldn't take my Mississippi upbringing for nothing in the world. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I do got to shout out to Gary, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I got to throw that in there. <laughs> uh, Janice, Janice got, got the best of both worlds, though. She has I know, right? <laughs> right? I know, right? Um, so, um, just, uh, you know, um, expounding on the, the school aspect uh, of things, as John mentioned earlier, um, you know, he and I both, we do truly look up to you. You are probably one of um, you know, the most prestigious uh, alumni from JSU Met program, you know, that we have, you know, out here really, really doing something. I give it maybe three years, you're going to be running Noah. That's what I say. <laughs> um, <laughs> so to that, um, do you have um, any advice or what would be your one piece of advice for an early career professional coming into Noah or the weather service? Wow, it's hard to narrow it down to one thing. Um, yeah, yeah. the The first thing that I would say is no, and I can't say no, but um, be on a continuous learning path. I'll say that. I'll say it that yeah. way. Be yeah. be open to you know uh, continuing to learn who you are and what your purpose is, because there will be so many distractions just, I mean, and this is for anybody, um, there will be so many distractions along the way. If you don't have that foundational piece that you can continue to go back to and know why you're doing what you're doing, um, mm -hmm. you can easily fall off. And it, it takes a lot of learning, um, you know, becoming self-aware, knowing what your personal vision and mission is, um, is, is most important. Uh, one thing that that I continue to to think back on, um, and and it happens a lot for me when when I'm afraid to do something, right? Like when I'm getting ready to um, step outside of my comfort zone and um, you know really have to stand up for for my work or um, you know speak in front of crowds and things like that. Um, I get discouraged sometimes. Well, I won't say I get discouraged, but I get really nervous. Yeah, yeah. Great, and so. Um, a lot of times I have to remind myself that, you know, this is why I'm here. When I set out to become a meteorologist, I wanted to make sure that my career would um, improve forecasts and, you know, hopefully reach um, communities that are oftentimes forgotten. And I also wanted to be able to um, communicate the technology and, and the work that we're doing to basically educate others, you know, even not just um, in the U.S., but when we look around the world and see, you know, um, different areas that may not have what we have here and may not be able to prepare and, you know, with the resources that we have, how can we um, you know, make sure that, that or, you know, work towards uh, them being taken care of as well. And so, um, you know, that's my foundation um, in, in the things that I do. And when I was applying to Howard, um, you know, I, I wrote about this in my uh, career interest statement. And I remember a few years ago, 
when I was um, asked to go on the, the media tour for the Goals as Satellite launch. And I was just, I mean, nerves were just all over the place. Yeah. And at the time, there were some, um, some articles coming out, you know, that had my name in them. And, and I was excited, don't get me wrong. But then there was still that nervousness inside of me. And I had a friend to tell me, she said, this is exactly what you've been working for. This exactly what you said you wanted to do and you are now having the opportunity to do it. So mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, get out there and just, <laughs> just And it was the way that she said it to me and I was like, yep, you're right. So mm-hmm. now anytime I'm, I'm nervous or seeing something where I'm like, nope, I can't do this anymore. You know, I go back to that foundation mm-hmm. and remember that I have a purpose. Um, yep. And, and that this purpose is not just about me, you know, it, it impacts my son, it impacts my community, our communities. And, um, you know, we have to keep pushing even beyond all of those distractions. So I guess the one thing is to cultivate a vision, um, you know, become self-aware, know your strengths and your weaknesses and continue to work on those and be open to learning opportunities. So Yeah. Yeah, definitely understand that. And like you were saying, I mean, I think all of us at some point, you know, coming from where we come from have, you know, fought imposter syndrome and, yes. you know, yeah. and not feeling, you know, that we are where we're supposed to be or, you know, feeling like an imposter yep. where we're at. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I have to keep reminding myself, I know I have to keep reminding myself all the time that I'm here because of the hard work that I put in and I'm here because mm-hmm. of, you know, that people wanted me here and trust me here. So you know, go out and do it. And I, I needed to hear you say that. Go out and do it. Yeah. I was just about to say that. I know both of you all tell me that all the time. Um, yeah, especially just with the with the whole generational thing. See, me being the millennial, I think uh, shoot, I'm supposed to be running the weather service by now. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, that's definitely true. And but also that's a good point, um, Janae, being patient, you know, at yep, some point we yep. do we want to keep going, but you know, there are some times where we have to, to be patient as well. Yep. 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 Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, one thing we've been watching, we both, you know, follow you on social media and, you know, even before the pandemic, you know, over the course of the pandemic, we've seen how you've tapped into your new fitness journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like it has helped you, you know, tremendously. So we want to know, you know, how is power hip, powerlifting and crossfit and really helped you through the pandemic and how has it helped change your life picking up that hobby because I'm looking into getting into crossfit now you've inspired yeah. me to get into crossfit I need to lose about 10 pounds I need to get some of this <laughs> uh, yes I absolutely love it so many years ago um, I guess we're what in 2021 now so this yeah. was exactly around 2008 was when I first got introduced to like real hard on exercising and um, I hired a trainer because uh, some of my friends at Howard that were, you know, in my cohort, we were like, yeah, we got to start exercising. Right. So I lost mm-hmm. a lot of weight back then. However, through the years, you know, um, have, having a son and just being stressed out. Right. <laughs> life, you know, life, 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 life happened. <laughs> Um, you know, I put on I put on a lot of weight and, and just not 
taking care of myself. But I also um, realized through therapy, I'm, I'm a strong mental health advocate. You know, I, I believe in going uh, to therapy and overcoming the stigma of you have to be crazy to go to therapy. That's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had something that I really and truly wanted to overcome because I wanted to be the best mom that I could be. And so um, once I started going to therapy, I, I was feeling bad physically, right? Because a lot of the health conditions that I had, um, weight was really and truly, you know, just, just pushing them even farther, you know, Um, losing weight. The doctors kept saying, you know, you have to lose weight, blah, blah, blah. But one thing about the way that that's communicated to patients, um, it's, it usually, I know for me, it made me more depressed when the doctor would tell me that, you know, you need to lose weight because they give you these packages and then that's it, right? There's there's no one there to kind of walk you through what you need to do and why. But through going in going through therapy, um, a lot of what was happening in the beginning was me understanding the importance of self-care and what self-care really and truly is. We think self-care is you know, maybe want to get our nails done or yeah. you know, something like that. But self-care is also making sure that you're going to the doctor, that yeah. you are getting your checkups and you're on, on top of your health. And so as I began to do that um, and, and talk, you know, more with doctors, I was like, OK, I have to make some changes and I'm worthy of these changes because that's the other part of it. Understanding that you're worthy of being healthy. And so um, as I did that, I actually had, um, I ended up having gastric bypass surgery because I was so physically ill um, that whenever I would try to exercise, it got to a point where I would become extremely dizzy or I would pass out. And I loved, you know, exercising, I'm getting back into yeah. it, but not the, the impacts. And so um, when when the doctor told me about one of the conditions that I had, it was right after um, the death of, of my aunt and it was it, it could lead to the same condition that we didn't know she had mm. and so you know again my family was very close-knit and so already dealing with the loss of her and then hearing about this this health condition I was like okay something has to be done and so I said where does some type of surgery or major assistance come into this and so he said well I can recommend someone so I went on it, that that was another thing that, you know, I was afraid to do because I had never had major surgery like that before, yeah. Um, yeah. but I decided to to go through it. And that was one of the best decisions um, of my life because it gave me a jump start um, to, to be able to move and, and enjoy being a mom. And, you know, I have a very active son, so I can, um, you know, play different things with him yeah. and go get on yeah. rides together and and just feeling better overall you know that that was the main thing wanting to to eliminate those health conditions um but getting back to the power lifting so once I was cleared to exercise I started doing at home 
um, exercise programs, like through Beachbody. And so that allowed me to build up some strength even before I went to uh, CrossFit. And so I, t- I was telling a friend, I was like, I need to get involved in a sport. I've always wanted to play basketball or something. And he said, <laughs> you should, he said, you should do CrossFit because that'll prepare you for any sport. And I was like, yep. you know, a CrossFit gym mm-hmm. that I have by all of the time. So I went and talked to them. And um, it just so happened that there was this young lady. Uh, she she was a coach, but she's now moved on to Japan. But she was um, coaching that morning and she saw me getting ready to come in. And so she greeted me and we talked for a little bit. And I was like, yes, this is the place. <laughs> so I ended up um, going there. And you all know, I was never an athlete growing up. Like even now, people... <laughs> People that I run into when I was at home for Christmas, I ran into one of my classmates and he was like, yeah, I heard you weightlifting now. What? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, so just being able to mentally challenge myself um, in the um, see the progress, the way that CrossFit is designed. um, and And we're not a CrossFit affiliate anymore. I really appreciate the fact that my gym uh, removed their affiliation um, with CrossFit in in the middle of last year because there were some things put out that, um, you know, we we just couldn't agree with um, what was being said in reference to the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, they they removed that affiliation. But uh, the design of, of the workouts, you know, the power lifting, the Olympic lifting, all of that is in, in a part of it. And so being a, the structure of it is you see your progress, you know, um, right now we're in test week. So we're testing for one rep maxes and, um, you know, seeing how far we've come from the last time we tested. That's important for me because I'm going. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. I need to see, <laughs> you know, where, where I've come. So that is certainly something that keeps me going um, through the pandemic. You know, last year, the gyms shut completely down, right. but my gym allowed us to um, borrow equipment that we could bring home and, you know, that's cool workouts so we could still work out. So that helped. And then once I felt comfortable um, going back to the gym, you know, things just continued on. But exercising, it's a release. Um, it's an opportunity, you know, like I said, to, to overcome the mental, the mental challenges. And once you see what you can do, um, in this area, it impacts other things as well, because I know that, um, you know, I know that even if I don't have the strength now, if I keep working at it, it's going to come. Yeah. Um, so that that impacts, you know, everything that I do. And I, I usually go in the evening. So after I usually go in the evening. So after um, a day of, of work and, you know, my my full time job of also being a mom, it's a good way to kind of just let everything go and, uh, you know, focus on building that strength. So, yeah, yeah, we definitely uh you gotta you gotta share your your CrossFit plug with me when I move, you know, to DC. <laughs> so I yeah, can go on you, you just motivated me. I don't think I can do twenty push-ups. You gotta have power lifting. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere, Janae. <laughs> I know, I know, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I went the other way during the pandemic. I should have been working out more, but ended up not. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too busy eating hot wings. <laughs> and I'm, I'm also athlete of the month this month so i'm excited about that too. okay congratulations, congratulations. Ooh, do you get like a gold medal for that or something 
I, I don't get a gold medal, but <laughs> I, have a, one. I have a special barbell that I can use for the month. So okay, I'm gonna write a letter telling give you a gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, doing that last question and throughout, you know, so far you've mentioned, you know, being a parent, how important, you know, your son is to you. And, you know, we've met Jordan and if DPA members, yep. if you've been on a call with Jamise, everybody's seen Jordan before. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. uh, he seems like a great kid and I'm going to be a parent soon. So we definitely want to, you know, pick your brain about, you know, some of the strategies that you've used, you know, the caring for your son, being able to work from home and balancing, you know, your successful career. And still having a great relationship and being a great parent to your son. Thank you, John. It's again, it, it definitely goes back to really and truly the grace of God because um, you know, I'm a single mom and we hear a lot of times people say, you know, um being being a single parent, and sometimes that means that you are just not married, but you still have the support of, of uh-huh. the other parents able to yeah. co-parent. But mm-hmm. then there are some of us who may not have the best co-parenting relationship. And a lot of it, you know, the majority of, of things really and truly fall on you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I one of the things that I have been determined to do is to, um, as much as possible, be honest with my son, um, you know, talk to him clearly at his age level. Um, about things even when he was a baby um you know I didn't do a lot of the the baby talk (laughs) (laughs) we played played a lot but um I wanted him to you know uh develop his uh communication skills and and things like that so um allowing him to express himself is also something that I, I I hope and pray uh assist in his development you know, when we were growing up and I was just about to say it. <laughs> yeah. and, and and let me tell you, John, it's hard because <laughs> because you know, when we were growing up, you didn't get I know for me it it wasn't a lot of questioning the adults. Uh-huh. Not at all. Even now, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I- yeah, so I've I've tried to leave that open space, you know, for him to um, ask questions, but also express himself, and I allow myself to to listen. But now, again, I get triggered a lot <laughs> um, because it's, it's it's so different from the way that I was raised. But yeah, yeah. I do that because times are changing. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like if he can, you know, be honest about the way that he's feeling, especially now, there's so many tough things that have happened within the last mm-hmm. you know, year or two. Exactly. And, and, and now they, they have so much access to different stuff, too. Right. Exactly. And they pick up on everything, mm-hmm. everything. Um, and, and so, you know, just wanting him to um, know, be confident, I would say, in who he is and and asking questions again trying to encourage him to um you know explore things and and it's okay to be curious um it's, it's something that that i do but yes he is not shy like our personalities are complete opposite. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's not shy at all so um I, and i'm really thankful for it for him being a great kid and and you know, even at a young age, he's supportive. Um, I've tried to include him a lot in my work, like you said. Um, even with the rocket launches, you know, I made sure that he was there to see that. Um, oh yeah. 
Yeah. And he, one of the, the careers that he wants to pursue now, and it may change, of course, but, you know, he wants to be an astronaut. He wants to be a scientist. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's yeah. going to follow through. How old yeah, is he? I was going to say. <laughs> He's eight. Eight, yeah. yeah. I knew I wanted to be a meteorologist at eight, so Jordan is gonna be an right. He, he, he knows. <laughs> yeah, um, but exposure is is also key, you know. So exposing yeah. to as many positive exactly. things, yep. as you can. We used to go to museums. That's that was one of the things, you know, that I really miss um, during the pandemic. We haven't been able to uh, go into DC as much and go to the museums and the yeah. monuments and all of that. Because when they're young. I've been taking him since he was a baby, but, um, you know, now he will remember it when we go. Yeah, but right. we used to be able to go, like, to the same places a couple of times, and it would be brand new, just because he, <laughs> <laughs> he would remember it. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it, expose him to as much as you can, um, and that, I think that'll certainly, uh, you know, put him on the right path. Yeah, that's true. And, and Jordan is definitely a, a a very smart kid. I remember you brought him down to to Jackson State one time, and you were telling me like how he knows Spanish, and you was like, "Yeah, you know, talk today in Spanish." And he just going on and on. I'm like, "Yeah, taco salsa." <laughs> I don't know nothing about that, but kudos to you, my young brother, because you doing way better than me. I can't tell you nothing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there are yeah. benefits in, in having kids be um, bilingual. And he's, yep. he's not in Definitely. the Spanish immersion program right now, but um, he's in an excellent school in our neighborhood. So, What school is that? Because we're looking at schools right now. <laughs> you trying to get the teeth. <laughs> I'm trying to get the plugs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when you move up, you got to move closely. So <laughs> Yeah, we were looking over in your neighborhood. I, well, I don't know if it's your neighborhood, but I think you live in uh, Upper Marlboro, don't you? And- I live in Bowie. Bowie, yeah. So we were in that area. Yeah. That stuff. Yeah, I'll definitely send you the the school so you can, you know, look for houses around here. Definitely, yeah. Let's. We're not gonna put out any more of your personal information. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody listening to this, they got. I know. <laughs> right, and I'm gonna do that to you. Um, we have one more question for you, and I'll let uh, Janae yep. lead it. And this will be the last one because we're, you know, we're getting closer to, to forty minutes here. But I'll let yep. Janae lead it. And it's an interesting fact about Jamie that a lot of DJ yes. members don't know. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> this last question, um, um, you know, you are not the only diversity and inclusion advocate in your family. Your sister, Eris, she is the chief of staff of the NAACP which is awesome. Um, so what are, you know, some of the conversations that you, you all have? And do you, do you all bump heads <laughs> a lot <laughs> with these conversations? <laughs> no, we don't bump heads. Um, but, you know, I truly admire my sister and the work that she does. Um, just, and I'll, I'll try to answer this briefly, but Going back to growing up, you know, uh, my parents grew up in Meridian, Mississippi as well. And so Mm -hmm. they grew up during the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, James Mm -hmm. Chambers was actually a friend of the family. Wow. So um, growing up, our parents did not hold back on, uh, again, giving us the age appropriate information about civil Mm -hmm. rights. Um, you know, it, it really gave us a sense of pride um, in in who we are, in 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 our blackness, in what 
um, you know, we've had to overcome as, as a people. And so um, an, an interesting fact is that my father was actually suspended from school for wearing an NAACP pin, an NAACP pin when he was in high school. Wow. And so, you know, you spin that back around to the fact that now my sister is chief of staff of NAACP <laughs> and it's just like, whoa. <laughs> my, my, my. <laughs> Full right. circle. Yeah, right. especially during these times when mm-hmm. when the role of that organization is so important. Yeah. Um, she she is a powerhouse. She, um, you know, I get a lot of advice from her even now um, when it comes to things that you know. I like I said, if if I'm nervous about facing something, I'll say, okay, what what would you do in this situation? And she'll tell me. Um, but my sister, because of her role. She travels a whole lot um, across the country. She's even had to travel and organize things um, in Ghana. And so just just watching her, um, you know, and and my son has, oh, my God, she really influences my son um, and and empowering him to be a a leader and an advocate for the voice. You know, she always talks to him about being the voice for the voiceless. Um, and, and what it is that she does. And so, you know, we, we've we had so many conversations um, growing up. We've been able to lean on each other um, throughout this past year and all of the social unrest um, that, that the country has been experiencing. And, you know, I just, I, I constantly pray for her and her work um, that she does because she's kind of behind the scenes and, and people don't understand what all goes into um, the work that she and the organization does. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's something um, they've, they've been able to, you know, speak up and, and advocate for, um, for change and, and reform in a lot of different areas. And so uh, just as much as we can support each other, we do. She, she has been so instrumental in, um, helping me as, as a single mom. And like I said, her work, just seeing what her work is, um, has also been something that, that my son has been paying attention to. So, um, you know, the, the, the conversations are, how can we make this world better? Um, you know, what is it that we can do, you know, um, being able to, to talk things through, um, have the different perceptions, sometimes um, is very helpful on, on different area in different areas um, that have been faced. But, you know, my, my parents look at her position, um, especially because to them, you know, the fact that she works directly under the, um, the president of the, of the NAACP for them, yeah. you know, it's like, wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Of, yeah. of all of the things that they went through and, right. you know, hearing about, the NAACP and, and what it did, you know, during during the civil rights era and, and all of that. So um, it's, it's just amazing. And we definitely don't take um, the being able to influence and impact change. We don't take that for granted at all. Yeah, that's awesome. Imagine having, Janae, imagine having a mom with a PhD in atmospheric science and an aunt who is teaching right? the NAACP. Jordan first is in all, really you, good hands. You, you, first of all, you, you oh. can't get in no trouble. Yeah. <laughs> he is going to be well-rounded. Yeah. 
I, I pray right. will. He actually just said hello. Hi, <laughs> <Hey>, George. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, so we, we usually end on this question right here, Jalise, and we'll get off of here. But the last question we usually ask our guests is, who do you think should be our next guest? Obviously, Jordan. Who else I know, right? We're going to have a host a DPA kid session. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, who should be the next guest? Um, you guys have not done Cindy, have you? Cindy Wood? We haven't done Cindy Wood. No, yet. we have That'd not. Um, another one is Michelle Hawkins. Yes, Michelle was on yes, the list. Do yes, yes. Yes. Um, let me see who else. I feel like there's so many. Uh, thank you to Brown. Thank you to for sure. <laughs> for sure. Thank you to, um, yeah, it's it's so many. Like <laughs> I want to hear about everybody. Because <laughs> yeah. yep. we all have stories, and it's so important exactly. to exactly. Yep. to share these stories. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you all done? Jeanette hasn't been on, has she? No, we haven't done Jeanette. No, we, yeah, we haven't done her. Yeah. yeah. That'll be awesome to do Jeanette and hear Jeanette's story. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially since she's, you know, she's the new, uh, uh, yeah, president elect or right. co chair elect. Co chair elect. Yep. Right, right. Yeah. And she does, it. She, she does work outside of NOAA as well. Yeah. That's um, very interesting. All right. She, 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 uh, she got a she's book or something, right? Yeah, she's an author. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. So, um, yeah. Go ahead, John. I was gonna say thank you so much, Demise, Doctor Sims. Yep. Always. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We will. Definitely thank you for for setting the tone. Yep. Oh, thank you all. This was um, this was great talking to you guys and and John. We look forward to you moving up here and Janae. We look forward to getting you up here too at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. So thank, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. This is the twenty percent podcast with Janae and John. And thank you again to our guest, Dr. Jamie Sims. I have a good day, everyone. Have a good day.